0: Here am I, send me. Those five words <clears throat> spoken from a compassionate and from a simple heart, an honest heart, can change the direction not only of your life, but of many other lives. Some of the most powerful words and the most powerful prayer that we can ever pray is, Lord, here am I. Not, not here is you, but here am I send me, use me, speak through me, encourage through me. Will you enter into somebody else's brokenness? Will you be the hands of Jesus, the mouthpiece of Jesus, the feet of Jesus going into the areas of brokenness in our community in Spokane, in Airway Heights, or in Senegal, Africa, or in Nepal, or in Haiti, or in L.A., wherever it is where there's need, God calls on us as Christians to be a part, to be an active part, to be that answer, that light in the midst of darkness. Because he sent his one and only son, not to give a new religion, but to bring a new covenant, a new covenant in his blood to open up a new relationship that we can now have with our father to be forgiven through the one man, Jesus Christ, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit and to have that spirit living and dwelling in each of us every day that we can go into our schools and into our biz- business areas and the hospitals and the government areas of that we work in our families and in our neighborhoods and make a difference. When a person changes, when God gets a hold of a person and loves on them and forgives them and draws them into a relationship by His grace and changes just one person, that can change a whole family. And when a whole family changes, that can change a whole neighborhood. And as a whole neighborhood changes, a whole community can experience transformation. The ripple effect of the gospel is unstoppable and it's powerful. You see, it's the answer. The gospel. The gospel is the answer to human need. You don't need more credentials. We need more courage. We don't need formal training, though that may be helpful. What we need is an experience with God, an experience with His grace, to know His love firsthand, and then just to be available, just to be willing, to be used by God, to say yes to God, to to say those words and mean them, here am I, God, send me, Isaiah the prophet, he, he experienced that very thing in his own ministry. In Isaiah chapter 6, starting in verse 5, we see the account, we see his story, we see the experience that he had with God. Here's what he said in verse 5, "'Woe to me!' I cried. "'I'm ruined, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. "'And my eyes have seen the King.'" the Lord Almighty. And then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from the tongs from the altar. And with it, he touched my mouth. And he said, see, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. And then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I send me. And he said, go and tell this people. You see the progression here with Isaiah that he he saw his own uncleanness. He knew his own unworthiness. He knew that within himself, he was not the answer. He wasn't the one to go. And then he had this encounter, this experience with God that through his honesty and with his faith, God Touches his heart, his lips, cleanses him, forgives him. And then we see this interaction where then God says, Now, who will go? Will you go? And Isaiah says, Here am I. Send me. Just that willing heart, that available heart. Do you remember when you first believed? Do you remember when it first struck your heart that God loved you died on the cross for you? Do you remember that time, maybe early on in your walk with God where you were filled with the Holy Spirit and, and, and just, you, you walked every day with that awareness of the Spirit in your life where ministry was a privilege? See, the pattern, we see it over and over again in Scripture where a life has been changed and touched by God's grace and then that same life is then sent out to tell other people and to help other people experience the very same grace. In Acts chapter 9, we see the story of Saul. Saul was fighting against the church. He hated Christians. He didn't believe their message. He was threatened by them and by the gospel. And so he received permission from the Jewish leaders and synagogues and from the government to be able to chase these Christians down and persecute them, to kill them, to throw them into prison. And so he's breathing threats against the disciples of the Lord and he approaches the city in which he heard there were many Christians in Damascus. And on his way to Damascus, he had this encounter. Suddenly a light from heaven shone around him Falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you're to do. A couple of Saul's buddies help him get up off of the ground. He can't see. His eyes have been blinded, and they help him get into Damascus. And at the same time, at the very same time, there's this disciple living in this Damascus by the name of Ananias. And the Lord was also speaking to Ananias, saying, Ananias, I have this guy by the name of Saul I want you to go see. And he said, in verse 10, he said, here am I, Lord. Ananias put himself in the very same position that Isaiah did, just saying yes to God saying, here am I. Here am I. That guy, he's known to be a killer. He's known to be one who persecutes. He's known that that if I go and and talk to him and I talk to him about you, Jesus, that I could be thrown in jail, but here am I. I love that. That's why as a church, we have that motto of saying yes to God. Just to have that spirit to say yes to God, no matter what he says. No matter what he says to do, that that our heart would be just, yes, God, whatever you want, Lord. God wants to speak through you. He wants to encourage people through you. God wants to use you in somebody else's life. Well, he told told Ananias to go to the street called Straight, look for the mailbox with the name Judas family on it, go knock on the door and ask for the blind guy by the name of Saul. And he does it. And in verse 17, Ananias departed and entered this house and laying hands on Saul. He said, brother, Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he rose and he was baptized and taking food. He was strengthened. Love the story. New sight, fresh vision, filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he rose and he was baptized. I mean, why do we wait to be baptized? I mean, baptism happened very quickly right after salvation. And if you're a Christian, if you've come to faith in Christ and you know his love and you've been saved by his grace, get baptized. Don't wait. Don't wait a month or a year or three years down the road. Be baptized. Matter of fact, we're going to have a baptism coming up in just a few weeks. And uh, there's a class you take beforehand. I think the class is even maybe next week. You can sign up for that online or go to the information counter. But get baptized. It's one of those ways that we publicly proclaim Jesus as Lord in our lives into a watching world. Now watch what happens to Saul who we now know as Apostle Paul. For some days, he was with the disciples at Damascus after this filling of the Holy Spirit. And immediately, when did he do it? Immediately, he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue saying, he is the Son of God. He started allowing God to use him to share the gospel immediately. When he became a Christian, he didn't wait for five years. He didn't go to the New Testament seminary in Jerusalem, which they didn't have. He didn't do any of that. He didn't say, oh, I better prepare more and get ready and get 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 all of this down. No, he had an encounter with Jesus Christ. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he immediately after he was baptized, he just went out and he began to share what he knew with other people. I remember that's what I did. Nobody told me not to. And so I was forgiven. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I just went out and started talking to people. I still, my life was still whacked. I was addicted to stuff still. And, but I I just started telling people about Jesus. Told my brother, Andy. Told my brother, Chris. Told my friends. Told my little sister. And various people started coming to faith all around me. Not because of me. My life was messed up still. It was just because of God's grace taking this available, imperfect human vessel to share his love and his grace with other people. I was visiting with a guy the other day at my house, and uh, we started talking, found out he was a Christian. We got excited. We were talking with one another, and I, I don't know how, but it got onto the subject of the Spokane Ministry Institute, the SMI that we have here at our church, and we were talking about how it's a just a training track to develop leaders and grow Christians up and disciple people, and and uh, he was saying, eh, yeah, I wanna, I'm going back to Whitworth to get my master's in theology, and so I, oh, cool, that's a great program, and so I asked him about that. And, uh, and, and I discovered, I said, so why do you want to get that exactly? And, and cause he's like around 50 years old. And he said, well, I, I want to just be able to share my faith with other people and I want to be better equipped. I thought a master's degree in theology, be able to do that. I said, how long have you been a Christian? He said, well, about 43 years. I'm like, well, you were ready 42 and a half years ago. Man, you just need to start going out. You've, you've, we are so over-resourced in this country with the scripture and with teaching that we just think we need more teaching before we're prepared. Wake up, church. We need to get out and we need to start uh, sharing what we know and allowing the Holy Spirit to just flow through us and to share and to talk to people and to love on people and to help disciple people it's not through your intelligence it's not through all of your formal knowledge it's not through how well your your life is all perfect and 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 clean and shiny and squeaky clean no it is about god's power flowing through your weakness and through my weakness the apostle paul said it this way i came to you in weakness and fear oh That's the apostle Paul, strong, confident guy, writer of a lot of the New Testament. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. Sounds like me, actually. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. Wouldn't it be great if all of us understood that? Just that it's not my strength. It's not my intelligence. It's not my mastery of Scripture. It's not any of that stuff. It's God's power working through available people. Let's just open up our heart and our spirit to to God and say, Lord, here am I. Send me. Use me. See, People right here within our church need discipling, need mentoring. And, and, and I can't do it all. And the pastors of our staff can't do it all. We need all of God's people involved in making disciples, in helping people come to know the Lord and then grow in their faith. And that can happen in so many different ways. See, it just means getting out of our comfort zone. It means prioritizing a little bit of time to invest in someone else's spiritual growth and development. Maybe praying with them through a difficult season. Maybe picking just a day of the week to, to sit down and do, let them see how you do a devotion and, and it, allow them to be a part of maybe one time a week where you do a devotion together. You just start small. And you allow someone to come alongside of you, and you come alongside of them, and you say, "Lord, here am I. Use me." Matthew chapter twenty-eight, verse eighteen and nineteen. Jesus came, and he said to all of his disciples before he ascended to heaven, he said, "All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and." The Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. See, the imperative, the command within that passage is not go. It's not go. It's make disciples wherever you go. That's the literal translation of that verse. Wherever you go, be making disciples. Living the Christian life is something that we get to do. We don't have to do it. We get to. Making disciples is something we get to do. It's not a weight or a burden. It's a privilege. Now, to make a disciple, first, you've got to be a disciple, right? And what does that mean, to be a disciple? The word disciple means learner. Learner. That you're a learner. A lifelong learner of what it means to follow Jesus Christ. It just means that we've surrendered our will to the will of God, that we've received forgiveness for our sins, and that now it's all about giving glory to God and living according to God's plan for our life, not our own, and learning all along the way, learning how to please our Heavenly Father. That's what it means to be a disciple. Just saying yes to God at every turn. Yes to baptism. Yes to generosity. Yes in every area of faith where he might want me to step out. It might mean stepping out in faith. It might mean quitting a habit. It might mean moving out from living with your girlfriend. It might mean getting out of your comfort zone and just start sacrificing a little bit, and living not just for yourself, but for others. A disciple says, here, my Lord, send me, use me. So how do we make disciples? It's really simple. Here's how it works. Help someone else do that very same thing. That's what it means to make disciples. First, you make sure you're a disciple, not just a believer who kind of ascribes to some theological truths, but that you are a learner of Jesus that you're following him. And then you help other people follow him. You help other people come to know his grace and experience his love and and just be forgiven for their sin and just know that that's already happened. It's not something you have to do. You just help people get it, that, that that's available for them, God's love, God's forgiveness, God's grace. And then you help them learn and grow. Let me give you a couple quick illustrations of that. First of all, with your own kids, moms, dads, grandparents, one of the most important things that we can do is disciple our own family, our own kids, our own grandkids. Your best discipleship efforts need to be given towards your family because if you spend all your time helping other people and your own family doesn't experience that, then we're going to have regrets. Regrets. So help your kids come to faith in Christ, but not just come to faith in him, grow in their faith, grow in their faith. Don't let them drift away just thinking, well, they believe in God. Maybe one day they'll come back to it. They're not that interested right now. No, get involved in their spiritual development. Bring up spiritual conversations. Help them process life and its struggles and its pain and its change and transitions that happen and and everything. Through a biblical lens, be involved intentionally in the life, the spiritual development of your kids. Okay, let me give you another example. I had a friend. I have a friend who went through an ordeal a couple of years ago in their marriage due to porn. And instead of just blowing it off as not that big of a deal, he took it very, very serious. He became accountable to other people. He got a he got counsel in his life. He read books, he prayed, and now he's been walking in freedom for several years. About six months ago, he came to me and he said, Mike, I just want to use this bad experience in my life for something good. I want to help some other people get out of the lies that they might be living under and experience freedom. Do you think there's anybody else in the church that that I could help? What do you, th- what do you guys think? Think there is anybody living under some lies, anybody living in some addiction, anybody kind of secretly addicted in the area of porn, anybody who's been abused or molested as a child. Think there's anybody that that my friend can help? Well, he just prayed that simple prayer. Lord, here am I. Use me. Here am I. Use me. Send someone to me. God started sending people to him right away. He's very busy helping others. Just helping others, just meeting with some others, listening, praying for them, caring for them. That's what it means to make disciples. I have another friend who's a CEO of a of a company. And and he's busy, super busy. One of the things he has done is he's opened up a little venue to meet with any employee who wants to before work, not on the clock, about fifteen minutes of time, to pray and just do a quick devotion together. For anybody in his company that is willing. He meets with people briefly before each day's work and just invests in them a little bit, spiritually. That's making disciples. See, making disciples is something we're all called to do, and it's doable. You don't need to understand everything about the Scripture and go into, you know, I need to bring someone through the book of Hebrews and explain it all to them. No, you don't. It just means that, whatever you've experienced in your faith, that you're willing to give it away to somebody else. Whatever it is that you do know, maybe you just know what Paul knew the day he got saved. Jesus is Lord, and that's all you know. Give it away to somebody else. Maybe you've been working on your marriage, and you have a strong marriage, and you've invested in it over the years. No, it's not perfect. It will never be perfect. But instead of waiting for your marriage to get even more perfect than it already is, just help someone else grow in their marriage and to process Scripture in the light of their marriage. In other words, what does it mean to really just love your spouse or respect your spouse? See, that's what discipleship looks like. It's getting involved in each other's lives. And it's, it's being a part of somebody else's spiritual growth. We're going to be starting a church in Airway Heights. And uh, we've been praying and praying for the, over a year now. Of Lord, we, we believe you want us to help disciple. You want us to disciple more of the community. What can we do? Where can we go? And uh, Jacob and Kim Powers began praying. And God spoke to their heart as they just said, Hear my Lord, send me. And uh, they felt like God was leading them to Airway Heights. And uh, so I'm going to ask them to come up because we're going to pray for them right now. And uh, today's the day, their last day actually here as part of our, uh, officially as part of our kind of weekly church family. They're all obviously always going to be part of our church family. But uh, they're they're meeting, as it was announced earlier, they're meeting tonight in the dealer auto auction in airway heights to do a a service that will be a kind of a precursor to the public service that'll go in two weeks and uh so let me just start by asking i'm going to give you the mic thank you jacob has been on our staff now for six years yeah correct and uh jacob actually used to hate christians very true and uh and 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 he came to faith in christ about seven or eight years ago ago. and soon after that he just said i want to grow as a christian i want to i don't want to just sit on the sidelines i don't want to just go to church i want to grow and develop and so he just dove in to studying the bible and uh doing daily devotions and he got baptized and he of course he met this his beautiful wife who helped him grow spiritually too. And, 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 uh, but just what an amazing transformation of a couple. And, and, uh, and then God began to put in his heart to, to plant a church out of all things, plant a church. And, uh, about a year ago he came to me and he said, I think God's, this is the time God's calling me to do this. And so as a church family, Life Center North, we are, Going to help make disciples in Airway Heights through their ministry, and through the planting of this church, and and uh, it's an exciting privilege for us to be a part of, and uh, we're also going to be missing you guys a lot. I mean, you guys have really helped define who we are, and and uh, having you up here. And this guy is one of the hardest working people, one of the most servant-hearted people, very humble man. He's going to make a great pastor he's grown leaps and bounds just not not necessarily by by going off and getting a doctorate in in divinity but just through application of scripture learning it and applying it learning it and applying it learning it and applying it and he's learned a lot and uh, i'm just so proud of you jacob as a man of god and and uh and excited for how god's going to be using you guys in in this new church plant so all right, I did a lot of talking, and you have the mic. And I know you're like going, "Okay, Mike, shut up now."
1: I don't have anything else.
0: All right, go ahead. You want to say anything um, about the church or anything at all?
1: Yeah, it's been exciting as we've gone through this process of growing. And um, for you, it's you've heard it and you you know heard us share about it and talk about it. But as much as the support has been here, it's been amazing. You don't know the encouragement, the the, the council meetings and the prayer times and. The heart that has, has taken a community of people like this to encourage us to grow us. And it's just amazing that Pastor Mike and Tisa have come along with us. And it's probably almost been two years, actually, that we approached them. And they met, met with us month after month. And they really pressed into us. What is God speaking to us? What is the, the call on our life? And I felt like that was brought out of us. And that took time. And it took prayer. And it took a lot of, again, his time and her time to come alongside both of us and really pull that out of us. So we just want to say thank you. Um, for everything you've done for us, the mentorship. Over the years, Mike's met with me week after week and did the same thing. We opened my Bible, and we would read, and he would ask me to share. And it, it took time, and it took his time to do that. And it was just—I've been blessed through this entire process, and I just want to say thank you both so much for the journey. This is truly our home, and this is where everything started for us. And there's Something so nice. many here, too, that are coming with us. Yeah, do we—you want yeah, to a Yeah, I would love uh, those— my sister and Kirsten, Alyssa, Matthew, uh, do you guys want to come up here?
0: We're going to pray for you. You have to come up. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's not a window. That's right. No options.
1: Can I share one... Do one like, one minute? Sure. I want to point out all this to you. Uh, Alyssa is going to be one of our pastors, volunteer pastors on staff. She's been an amazing asset. She works full-time, and she almost pastors full-time with us. And it's been a privilege, and we... were as a church body, to have another pastor come up with us yeah. is a complete blessing.
0: And Alyssa served on our staff as well as, a, as in our youth ministry and came on in faith mm-hmm. by raising some of her own support. And just she's an amazing woman of God, and I'm so proud of you as well, Alyssa.
1: And if we've talked about discipleships today. I was reminded Kirsten—sorry, I'm going to put you on this, this spot here. She uh, Three years ago, we've done this vacation Bible school. We go to another community. And we help out with a, a school there, and it's fun. We camp, and it's kind of like a mission trip, but locally. And we have a video a long time ago of her painting a fence, and she was like, do you remember the video? Like, I, why am I here? I'm hating life. <laughs> she came back. She continued to stay involved. Her family actually went to another church, and she came to youth group here. The next year, she went on the youth uh, trip with us, and she was actually one of the leaders. Uh, she ended up getting baptized up in Hunter's. The year that back she came back from that, she decided to do an internship with me, which was probably one of her most hated years of her. No, it was bad. But she did an internship, and she had come to me early um, while her parents were in another church, and she says, Jacob, I feel like I want to go on a church plant. And that was before she knew I was even planting a church. She said she had a call in her life that she wanted to go, and she's kind of been with us this entire time. So that's an example of someone just saying... Even before she was ready for God to use her, she just stepped out and allowed God to use her. And it's been an amazing journey and a privilege to have her be part of this experience as we go out to Area Heights. And my sister, uh, well, she's my sister. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm so excited. And Matthew, too. Uh, Matthew is a guy of hidden talents. And as he's come through this process, he actually plays the keyboard. And we're just amazed to have everyone that's coming here with us has been so encouraging and so supportive to us.
0: Yeah. So they have right now, this is a group, there's others from our church, but they'll be in the next service that'll be going out with them. But maybe you feel called. And if you feel called to go with them and be a part of this, even if it was just for six months or a year, um, here they are. Maybe pray those five dangerous words. Here, my Lord, send me, use me. What might God do? Mm -hmm. And whether it's in this church plant, whether it's in this church or in our community, or, or you feel called to go to a different country and serve in some way, see God wants every one of us to be engaged in carrying out the Christian faith in a way that isn't just about make my life better, God, make my life better. Bless me, bless me. But it's about pouring out and giving. And many of you do. Many of you serve and give and pour out. And, and uh, thank you for doing that. We're going to pray for these guys and I uh, pray for, for them to um, just to, to bond together as a team, to make this new spiritual community, this new family, to be a witness and a light in the, in the area of Airway Heights. They love serving their community there. They're involved in their community there. And I love that about the way you're planting this church. is so just embedded in serving and, and sharing and being a part of what God's already doing. In airway heights and in the whole west plains area and uh that's just a great great strategy so let's pray for them can we right now as we send them out as part of this mission lord jesus we thank you so much god for what you're doing and just how these are just regular people who have said yes to you regular people who have just said lord here am i send me here am i use me and Lord, we pray that they would inspire us, that they would help us do the very same thing in our lives in whatever way you might direct, Holy Spirit. And we bless them in your name, Jesus, and ask that you empower them and empower this church body to make a real difference in that community. Lord, we we just so thankful to be a part, to be sharing and partnering with them in this. And Lord, we... Uh, we're, we're just asking you to do mighty things in Airway Heights. Lord, lead many new people into faith and let many new people be disciples of yours, learners, people who want to grow in their faith and know what it's like to love you and serve you and give their, their life away to others too. Open up the doors, we pray, for effective, bold witness in that community. We pray, keep them encouraged and strengthened, and we just thank you for them today. Thank you for Jacob's service in our church and on this staff. Thank you for Alyssa and her service and all of these wonderful people, Lord, uh, in the way that they have served and given and invested in this church, Lord. Thank you, God. We pray for your blessing over Jacob and Kim and their marriage and their leadership as co-pastors. Lord, we just affirm that we just thank you for the way you're going to be using them to teach and to share boldly your message of truth. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, Tisa, we got them a little, Jacob and Kim, a little going away uh, thing, just to have fun, make sure. It's a lot of work to plan a church, just to have fun. So it's just like a hunting, like Cabela's gift card of 100 bucks. In case you bring something back, Kim doesn't like to eat, like duck jerky. There's Red Robin, (laughs) Olive Garden, some Starbucks, some stuff, just some fun stuff, just to say, and a a little appreciation of how much we love you you guys. Yep. All right, well, I'm going to close us in prayer. You can wait up here just for a second. um, And I'm going to close us in prayer. These guys will be up here out at the information area. If you want to talk to them more, um, if, if you want to help contribute towards this, uh, you can go on their website, which is the church is called The Heights, and uh, you can donate there. Uh, also, if, you, if we passed you by on your normal tithes and offering, you can drop it in. There's boxes at the back of the room there. Feel free to hit that up on your way out. And uh, if you want to communicate with us about the church or about any area, Uh, make sure and use the tear-off tab on your bulletin, okay? Lord, we just thank you for this morning. We pray, Lord. Could we pray this prayer? Here am I, send me. Would you, if you mean that, if you don't mean it, please don't pray it. You need to think about that some more. But if you mean that, if that's in your heart from this morning, and I I want to ask that you pray that right now. Hear my Lord. Send me. Use me. Might be send me across the street to my neighbor. Might be send me Airway Heights. It might mean send me to another country. Use me. Use my gifts. Use what you've already invested in me. Help me to start giving that away. First and foremost, to my kids and kids and youth and students that are in and around me. Then beyond that as well, Lord, open up opportunities. to Share the wonderful, amazing, good news of Jesus. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, everyone.